there is cultivation, bhavana, cultivation of citta, of awareness, of mind, of heart, is the um, highest kind of learning, highest kind of learning process that we can undertake. Uh, as that has to be remembered, learning means you don't quite know, you've got to find out, you have to explore, you have to feel your way. Just like learning anything else, but this is even uh, slightly, <laughs> even more um, mysterious in some ways for your thinking mind. Thinking mind is often considered to be the highest kind of learning process that we have. Thinking mind's always learning about things. It means I think about something. It means I, I stand outside it and look at it and think about it. I think about, say, another person. I stand out. I think about myself. I stand outside and think about myself. I think about practice. I have these ideas about practice. I look at it in the book. I look at it on the screen. I listen to it in the talk. No, I'm here about practice. It's about, isn't it? It's telling us some, like a map. You know, maybe it's a good map. Uh, but still, it's a map. And it's not the same as walking on the ground, walking on the earth, which is the highest kind of learning. <laughs> Because this is where liberation can occur, it can't occur in the map. And this is where the obstructions occur, and the releases occur, and the skills are, have to be cultivated. And the real ground, which is not, which is very direct, it's not conceptual. So it's kind of confusing, because mostly we want the conceptual knowledge, which goes so far, which is useful to have conceptual knowledge. But even the conceptual knowledge of the Buddha, the Buddha says it can only give you the signposts because the ground that you're going to cover is yours. It's very intimate. Yeah. It's not like anybody else's. It's karmically configured by your karmic configurations. No one else can walk it. Mm. I don't know, yeah. So the instructions... Fundamentally, I'll tell you there is a ground you can walk. There's a way of walking it. Yeah. And there's certain principles to bear in mind. <laughs> Virtue, uh, calm, steadiness, clarity, honesty, persistence, resolve, yeah. kindness, goodwill, mindfulness. Mm. These are things you, you try to... Uh, get direct experience of because what you're doing is you're activating you're just think waking the chitta up activating it yeah. so that with these what we can conceive of we can oh yeah kindness that that's that that experience you relate it to a direct experience yeah and then you, you keep reminding the chitta to enter its direct experience what is fear? What is the absence of fear? Where do you feel safe and comfortable? Where do you feel an absence of pressure, obligation, comparing and contrasting, judging and judging and comparing? Where does that stop? 
where you know, where can those experiences be felt and relaxed and uh, one quality which is supremely helpful in this is breathing because breathing everybody does it it's not that difficult everybody's doing it so in ways it's universal but at the same time it's extremely intimate you know it means breathing is never the same exactly the same for one person as it is for the other person you know it's not exactly the same and it's not even the same every day you know we can say we breathe every day but sometimes it's short sometimes it's long sometimes it's irregular sometimes it's slightly constricted in the throat you know it's but so it's it's both intimate and it's also it it it, it has an intelligence to it mm. It means it senses, it senses fear, it senses, it senses tension, it senses trust. So this kind of, um, so it's an intelligence, it's not intelligent, it doesn't tell us about things, it directly experiences things as they, our bodies, our minds, in a very direct way. Our emotional states, our psychologies, our attitudes are directly experienced in the breathing body mm. and the enlightenment factors and the four establishments of mindfulness are directly experienced in the breathing body so why the buddha made this his primary meditation the only one he really gave very detailed instructions on he said this is what you need for for liberation mm. it's great fruit great benefit yeah because it's yours it's intimate and the teacher can tell you about it, can pointing you to it, can keep reminding you of particular qualities to bear in mind, be mindful of, you know, trust, attentiveness, resolution, kindness, soothing, goodwill, you know, listening, so forth. But of course, <laughs> these have to be done so the jitter is activated to be spacious to be clear to be resolute and it's that the activation of the jitter in these dhammic modes uh, begins to be felt in the breathing and the breathing then becomes more fluent and complete and easeful and the body begins to become more fluent and comfortable and easeful there's a happiness that arises which happens involuntarily so this means we what the what the breathing body can do is what that we can't do for our personalities is it can liberate the jitta from its habits, from some of its primary habits. Now you can think we've got all kinds of habits. You know, we are like watching movies, or we like going to dinner, or we're talkative people, or we like to be quiet, or we get nervous about being in crowds, or we're you know we've got all kinds of habits, both the ones we uh, enjoy and the ones we feel are rather difficult nervy habits or bossy habits or busy habits or 
have to get everything done, urgent kind of habits. So you might think, this is a lot of habits. But actually, no, not really. When you get down to it, when you experience these in your, in your breathing body, this is the point of it, you get to the fundamental energetic basis of those habits. You've got things like tightening up, constricting. You've got agitation, stirring. Yeah. You've got the mind running, running away, escaping. <laughs> Either sleeping or, do- or running out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you get these fidgety qualities, agitated qualities, got to get busy doing something. So you can track these energies. Yeah. And so the energy is constricting, tight, can't release. Yeah. Um, agitated, sort of busy, busy, bustling, trying to make something happen, trying to make something happen, wondering about this. Uh, this is agitation energy, const- tight energy, constricted energy. Um, hurry up, tense energy. Hurry up, get things done. Pressure. Yeah. And um, overdoing it, whereby we always we always feel we should be doing more. Something like pushing, trying to push things along. So you can, so really you got constricted, which means we're tense and tight. But agitation, flurry, busy, busy, busy. Um, you got um, pushy, pushy forcefulness and overdoing it, which means you're always trying to make things happen, push things along. Yeah. And so you can experience these as obstacles to the breathing. And these particular energy patterns are the basis for certain personal characteristics or certain senses that we have about our life. One is that life has to be very busy. You've got to make it work. You've got to have to push to get things done. Um, There's no space. There's no time. Time is something that's urgent. There's no... Time is very mechanical. Time leads you and drags you. Mm. Mm. You know options. You no know, options means, uh, you know, either you see that the world is fixed in this way, people are fixed in that way, the scenario is like this, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm like this. I have these habits. I am like this. So we get a fixed world and a fixed self. In that fixed world and fixed self, we lose the options, we lose the freedom, we lose the agility, we lose the ingenuity and flexibility of the chitta. And the breathing body feels that as I've got to make this breathing work. I've got to try to get concentrated. I should be mindful of it. What's the steps you have to take to be mindful of breathing? How many should I do? You get all this kind of addition of psychological pressure onto something that's 
not psychological at all. Breathing is just breathing. It's free. Yeah. And that's the aim, it's just to free the psychologies that, that our mind has got trapped in. Psychological energies that our mind has got bound by, bound up in, through personal history, through social pressure. Yeah, because a lot of um, social pressure is to be compulsive. You know, be, com be fixed, be sure you do this, be obliged, you know, get things done. It's a lot of compulsiveness that is encouraged. Yeah, don't be spacious, don't pause, have something ready before it happens, prepare yourself before things happen. Yeah, get things done quickly. That's the that's the that's the social pressure. This means the mind is always agitated, busy, contracted, and doing more than it needs to. Yeah, and we can feel this in our this then becomes our breathing body then experiences that. Now when you're trying to come out of that, you can't adopt those strategies. You can't adopt the strategy of what's what to do next. You can't adopt the strategy of preparing for the next breath before it happens. You can't adopt the strategy of I should be this way. Because all those strategies come from the same energy that you're trying to release. Yeah. So, you know... <laughs> Trying to meditate to get concentrated so that you're it's it's a nice idea, maybe, but the energy of it is carrying the same impression as I've got to get to work to get things done. It's the same energy. So you get past the sound of the words, which can be quite convincing and, and good words, not bad words. But the energy they're, they're initiating is not supportive for liberation. And the Buddha didn't teach them. He didn't teach, you know, you have to be mindful for every moment. He said, no, you know you're breathing and you know you're breathing out. And first level of instruction, let the breathing be long, full, complete, you know, and let it quiet down, it becomes shorter. So as you breathing, breathing body becomes complete, full breath rate slows down, becomes smaller. By itself, you don't tell it to. You don't say, now's the next thing. You, 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 um, you enter it with a sense of openness and encouragement, you know, willingness, wishing, if you like, may this be well, may this be complete, not it has to be, not expecting anything, not expecting results, but just you know, and allowing inhalation. And like any other learning, we start beginners and gradually the system begins to Become more awakened, so you're awakening the chitta to be the leader 
rather than thinking mind to be the leader. And so this way you begin to recognize the uh, patterns, the programs, the conditions, the bondages, the karma uh, in these very simple ways, constricted, hasty, agitated, over overdoing it all the time, uh, withdrawn, contracted, can't. Yeah. So you're noticing these beneath the words, these particular patterns of energy. And so while well, you really got to get the energy pattern that is not of that nature. And beautifully enough, where the breathing body is most complete and full, yeah, it, it, the breathing body comes out of these patterns, these conditions, these psychological conditions that have, that have, that have trapped it. And come to something that's, that's full, involuntary, not a psychological condition, not bound to particular attitudes or personalities or identities or time. The breathing body begins to open out of that. And chitta begins to experience, oh, there's that. When there's that's there, that's there, suddenly the future doesn't occur. Yeah? Or if it does occur, I experience it as a nervousness that I begin to, chitta can begin to just open out of. Other people no longer don't get that experience of the agitation or self-consciousness. I'm supposed to be doing this. Am I doing it right? You know? Breathing bodies that opens up doesn't doesn't do that. If those if that occurs, just notice. You know, oh, I seem to have lost my legs, or I've, you know, I don't. Breathing is constricted. The breathing body has, has disappeared or become narrow and tight. When you keep working with it, encouraging it. It's important because. This is the one that that knows, it's a reference that knows what you don't know. A lot of the time people don't even realise that they're nervous because their busyness, business, busy actions prevent them from really seeing what's going on. They don't realise they're nervous or anxious because they're always doing something to compensate for it. You cover it up by doing busy things. We don't feel that we we don't feel sad or depressed because we're holding a certain tightness to stop that emotion occurring. And so this is very common. So people can live for many years without realizing they have a sense of guilt underneath all that because they're being busy. And that, that busyness is constricting 
their breathing body into a shape you know, whereby it doesn't fully experience the fullness of what's in the chitta. So we can spend and even go through a lifetime like that. And even with meditation, you can do constrictive meditations that mean you don't have to notice the insecurities or the uncertainties or the unpleasant bits. So you don't even, don't even realise you have them. And these are not necessarily because you've done terrible things. Some of this is because of terrible things that have been done to yourself. So you feel a fundamental insecurity or unworthiness is very common. So, And then we do things to compensate for that. People who experience unworthiness are often people who do a lot more than they need to do. They're, they're built into doing more because the doing more energy helps to compensate for the feeling of inadequacy. So we're always doing more. You know? So you're the person who cleans up after everybody else has left. You're the person who prepares for everything before other people come. You're the person who, you know, <laughs> and, if, and that's how you feel comfortable. You know? So these patterns that can occur that we don't really notice because we don't get outside them. The personality doesn't get outside personal patterns. Hmm? Personality can't get outside of the patterns, the psychologies that have created it. Hmm? And personality is created by karmic and social con contact. So we have to find a basis that's not about the person. But at the same time, it's not just abstract, it's very intimate. It's actually more intimate than the personality is. You know? And this is your, the breathing body. And in the breathing body, you can feel those senses of insecurity and uncertainty and but if you establish the right basis, you feel that as, as karmic waves, karmic tendencies arising, and you've got something to help you without any sense of adding a judgment or a blame or you shouldn't feel this way. You keep going moving towards ease. Because even this sense when we experience these agitations or distresses or memories and so forth, psychological patterns come in. Oh, stop feeling like that. There's, how, what's, something's going wrong. What should I do about it? What happens is, is that same process of the mind tightening up. You know, so there's a certain constricting to, to get busy curing yourself or healing yourself, or forgiving yourself, or forgiving other people. And so you get this activity. And it, some of it sounds good. And it is good as an idea, but the energy isn't right. Mm -hmm. 
the movement is towards ease. So just as when we feel the agitation is a certain rising and tightening up, when you experience that, most people feel they've got to get busy doing something about it. I've got to pull myself out of this. This is a hindrance, get out of it. And there's that busyness again. No, no. Understand there's a hindrance, there's a problem, there's a difficulty. Now is the time to pause and relax. Deeply relax. Relax not into the hindrance, but relax into the body. Relax down your legs into your feet. Relax out through your skin. Yeah. So you can feel tight and constrained. Relax out into the space around you. Relax down your back. So it's a sense in which you, you, you counteract the normal tendency, which is to start when we difficulties start occurring, our karmic psychologies start happening, we get busy dealing with it. The person takes over the practice. But the person is the problem. So we find um, a reference point, you know, like the full body breathing, which is not the body that you identify with as a visual thing or a, you know, what you look like or even the anatomy because the breathing body doesn't have the, the boundaries that the, the anatomical body has. The anatomical body, you finish it, your skin, page of your skin. Breathing body, no you don't. You breathe, breathing body extends through the skin. So you feel the skin softens, you sense of it's not a sharp boundary at all. Hmm. But it's definitely there. It's not somewhere else. And it has a certain stability to it. A stability which is not stability of me holding it together or pressure, but an, an, an innate stability of truthfulness. This actually is a body in itself. It's got a structure just like your anatomical body has bones. Yeah, the breathing body has an energetic structure to it, which is stable and open in its release state. So you, oh, and it's not something that a person creates or does. A person activates the jitta to attend to the breathing body. person does something, but the person activates their awareness, their heart, to attend to the breathing body and to notice when they're constricted or busy or fidgety or nervous or sinking. And just keep compensating for that by returning to the whole body. That's what you can do. Then, once that some reference is established, then the jitta increasingly is able to, to um, practice without somebody telling it what to do. It becomes independent. 
of the words, independent of your words, independent of my words, you know, because it's directly experiencing this openness and stability. And again, slightly contradictory to what we'd imagine when difficulties arise, we don't, the jitta doesn't move away from them, it actually merges. So the openness and stability touches the difficulty rather than retracts from it. Touches his difficult feelings and emotions and just starts to soften and open through them. Because these difficulties are the difficulties of the chitta. So it's not separating itself from them. Now, average person, you and I, would say, yeah, we want that which is comfortable and true and right. We want that. And that's separate from what's wrong. What's wrong we don't want. We don't want evil thoughts. We don't want unpleasant emotions. We don't want nervous reactions. That's wrong. I don't want it. I want to be the comfortable, steady person. Comfortable. Of course. But this creates a division. And what happens is that that doesn't actually resolve the difficult, unskillful states. It doesn't resolve them. Yeah. We step outside them, but don't, don't actually resolve them. Now, if you can imagine, say, you take the example of a, of a balloon. Yeah. You blow the balloon up. The balloon is nice and smooth, open, stable. It's very open. And maybe... It's, it's something presses it, it slightly contracts. It is contracting. Now, the way to get that out of that contraction is not to work out what's wrong, but actually just to keep the opening through the contraction. You know, so it's like, like blow the balloon up again. Yeah. So when we feel that the mind starts getting agitated, Rather than saying, well, stop being agitated, calm down. Yeah, actually, with the jittas by itself, the jitta feeling that sense, actually opening to that, opening through that. So you get the sense in which openness, openness and stability takes care of itself. If we keep Trusting that rather than our doing, making, planning, organizing energies or our judgments of right and wrong. Right and wrong, of course, are extremely, can be useful, but um, they can also be very problematic because what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And what happens when we have that idea of something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. You know, then they start shaking, you get busy, agitated, and, and shamed, uh, 
flattened, uh, uh, lose, lose practice. You know, we can't say there are no obstructions, but uh, the attitude is, is almost like opening through that. This feels like this. This is, feels like the energy is like this. And contacting, breathing, opening through. Now we can't, it's this kind of intelligence and, and a, that can do that. It doesn't make sense intellectually. Because intellectually you must want to get rid of things that are disagreeable, unskillful and unhelpful. You must do. But that's the intellectual, and it's true. Intellectually, that's exactly true. But in terms of practice, that release from the unskillful doesn't occur through me saying, go away, stop it. It occurs through the jitta opening within the presence of the unskillful. It's rather like you bring the light into the room and the darkness disappears. You bring the light into the dark place and the darkness disappears. You don't have to throw the darkness out or call it dark or say I shouldn't be dark. You just bring the light in and the darkness disappears. And this is very much what we're bringing. This, once you have that sense of the stable, open presence, then you bring that in to those qualities and forces and energies that contradict it and this is done through breathing it breathing that steady quality or open presence and so because breathing is the most trustworthy thing that you have the least forced the least created yeah the least contaminated by ideas so you free that up and you've got a life force, an energy, a sensitivity that's working through your most sensitive places in your, in your body, in your awareness, in your heart. And that's cultivation. We want to keep that as a returning to that because if you just hold on, even holding on to the, the open state, saying, I like the open state, this is when I'm really good, is true. And yet, of course, it means that we have to also recognise that in every day, new contact will occur to almost invite our bad habits to occur. So we have to make sure the open state is made to work, to, to bring it into the world of our experience as it happens. It's not separate from. Bring the open state into the world of busyness and agitation and uncertainty. And this kind, compassionate, entering into, breathing through the karmic world. And this is where you learn. You learn what you didn't know and couldn't imagine. Mm. And then you find that you do have options. 
once you breathe through the world, you realize the world that you normally get stuck in is conditioned by your own constrictions. You notice you would keep giving attention to the qualities that you have not seen through. You keep giving attention to the places where you feel you need to be busy. You keep giving attention to the places where you think you're inadequate. You keep giving attention to the comparison mind, I'm not as good as she is or he is. And you keep giving attention to those. So naturally they keep reinforcing these attitudes. Give attention to the release. Take that as as your norm. Yeah. Take that as your normal place and witness these obstructions as akan, what they call akantuka, dukkha. That is the dukkha that comes as an unwanted guest. When the unwanted guest arrives at your door, what you should do is open the door. So we'll offer this for your consideration.